Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. My name is Ken Edwards. I am with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting to my left is Ed Maher with the International Union of Operating Engineers. Good morning, Ed. Hey, happy Sunday, Ken. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good today. What do you think about Super Bowl? The Super Bowl. Uh, great game. Um, it was you know, a good game. Yeah, I've I've gotten a lot of comments from listeners about uh, why do you hate Philadelphia fans so much? Because <laughs> uh, I seem to have bring that up a lot, and I don't actually really hate Philadelphia fans. I just amused by you know the the, the lack of sportsmanship. Did you see like there's a bunch of videos of, like Philadelphia fans smashing their televisions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're emotional. And... Yeah, I mean it's their only it's their only TV, but they smashed it. Right. Yeah. Right. You gotta love them. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I thought I, th- I thought it was a good game. I um, well, you've I also, got a tie to Philadelphia, so you yeah. Were... Well, yeah. My son goes there, and he was uh, disappointed. Um, you know, of course, he blamed it on the refs. I don't think. Of course, he did. Yeah, I, I, it didn't matter. They, they it went both ways. It always does. Yeah, they were gonna. Um, Philly was gonna lose. They lost momentum. But I will tell you this: I enjoyed the halftime show. Yeah, you liked it. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, you know, like the halftime show. They're they're always like lip syncing. Um, and I kind of like the way that Rihanna sort of leaned into, um, like, hey, I'm out here. I'm pregnant. Yeah. Everybody around me is dancing like crazy. I'm yeah. going to do some little dance moves, and I'm just going to kind of take it halfway easy up here and just owned, uh, own the stage. I thought it was great. It seemed to upset so many people. Oh, my I, God. I, I just don't I, get it. I saw this like on Facebook. He's just like, we needed that uh, Chris Stapleton. He should have been the halftime show. Like, what, yeah. is this a bearded guy with a guitar? That's it? And and he was great, too. Like, yeah. You know, you know I, I don't know, Ken. I can't. <laughs> I don't think I can comment on that one. Well, um, I, I, will, I will say this, and I think you brought this up earlier. The commercials were, you know, whatever. But at least it was a good game. Usually you watch for no, the commercials. You're, you're, well, first of all, at least we had a great let, game let, to watch. let me just say this. I lost every single bet I made. Yeah. That's the, it's the worst. But you made you a point. If you need to of, buy lunch, I can. You made a point about Disney. Yeah. Disney spent $7 million on a Super Bowl commercial trotting out Mary Poppins and the blue thing from Avatar and all of these like all their 100-year anniversary characters, but they did it three days after they laid off 7,000 people. That is like, what does that come out to? Like a thousand dollars a person. Uh, you imagine that? Yeah, like a, this seven million dollars. Like, hey, everybody, come to Disney. It's the greatest place on on earth. It's magical. But oh yeah, we're gonna lay off seven thousand people. Right. I mean, I think it's it's just one of those things where um, the optics are really bad. If you lay off a whole bunch of people, because Super Bowl commercials. They spur a lot of talk, but I don't think anybody really sees a big jump in their business, like an established brand like that doesn't see a big jump in their business because of a Super Bowl commercial. It's just a, it's an ego competition with, with you know, big corporations. I, just, I think it's, all I can say is, I think it's, once again, disingenuous for Disney to come out and say, you know, we're the happiest place on earth and it's magical and, and et cetera, et cetera, when they got some guy, you know, dressed up as goofy, sweating his, you know, sweating his cojones off, if you will, you know, in 90 degree weather for 13 bucks an hour. Right. And then, you know, make matters worth Worse, they're, they're going to lay off seven thousand people as well. Well, they have a they have a contract fight at the parks right now, and I, I don't know all the details of it, but I had just seen a video um, where some of the people who play characters in the park were talking about, you know, what you see is a uh, you know a dancing goofy character, but if you right. go in the break room, you just see workers uh, who are like broken down in tears because they're wearing these giant heads out in the hot Florida sun and. 
uh, these big dresses and whatever. So you know what they need is like they need the the uh, scabby version of Goofy, right? We used to dress up in rat suits, yeah. right back in the day. It would be pretty funny if all of a sudden a bunch of rats just uh, showed up in Disney. People would just think it was like a ratatouille kind of thing and just <laughs> go about their business. Disney's full of rats. Don't feed the rats. You were out on assignment last week, but uh, yeah, you driving to- driving all over the Midwest. I did listen to the uh, to, to the show and. Um, I got to tell you, it was uh, fantastic. Bob Bruno just knocked it out of the park, as did you and Phil. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. Um, at, you know, And it got me thinking, and I think maybe we'll talk about this in, in the next segment, but it, it really got me thinking about labor education. Yeah. And you know, maybe there's uh, a better way to educate the, the masses, if you will, or, or young folks, et cetera. So, you know, when we come back, if you don't mind, I, I would like to spend a couple of minutes chatting about some ideas uh, to follow up what you and Bob Bruno and Phil yeah. discussed, if that's okay. For sure. I mean, I, I think um, one of the things we're going to get into in the next segment in a big way is a new state law from Iowa that is um, sort of inviting children back into factories and mines. It's it's sort of a rollback of uh, child labor uh, protections, yeah. which is unbelievable. We'll get into that, but uh, yeah. To your point, though, Ken, I mean, I, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right because one of the things that Bob said last week was um, that University of Illinois is one of only right. you know a couple right. universities in the country that yeah. still has a labor education sure. program. So, in in unions, and the reason that we had him on the show was just to talk about how important labor history is to the current economy, to American history. Right. And unions in other states have passed laws to, um, you know, to add labor history to states' curriculums where something's got to be taught at some point at, sure. you know, a certain grade level. Yep. Um, but as Bob was saying, I mean, the if that were to happen, there just aren't enough educators to, to do it, to actually go well, out I, to I, schools. I have, or, some, I have some thoughts about that. So, right. so let's, cool. uh, let's, let's take, take a, a break. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. Uh, you're listening to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. He's Ed. There's Ed. He's right there. Right over here. Yeah. Hey, we talked real briefly um, just now about the uh, last week's episode and forgot to mention that if you want to listen to it or watch it, you can literally just Google it on YouTube, the worker's mic, and there it is. And you'll see Bob Bruno and all the kind of cool stuff that he had to say. Yeah, there's a handful of past shows. And uh, once this segment... And once this show is over on the radio, yeah. it'll be posted on uh, on YouTube. So check that out for sure. We've got a really talented group um, yeah, that, this, uh, yeah. that put it together for yeah. us. And so it's very well done. Da Vinci Street Productions. Look them up. Yeah. Yeah. They're very, very high tech. Going places. Yeah, that's right. Um, so so in talking about the education, it got me thinking. And, you know, Bob said um, that there are not a lot of. Um, labor education programs left in the country, right? For sure. I think he said that there were like two large ones. Um, you know, it's been my experience. You can't even find universities that have a single professor. And you, so, so once again, you know, labor continuing to be its best kept secret. Yeah. I, I was thinking, and let me ask you what you think about this idea. Uh, you know, the, the, these, the, 
that online thing called Khan Academy. Oh, yeah. Where you can learn I, about whatever you want. I use it to be prepared for when my 12-year-old daughter asks me for help with her math homework. Uh-huh. So I'm prepared when she comes to me and I look like I know how to do math. But I serious? only know because that's, of Khan Academy. That's super smart. It got us through uh, the pandemic for sure. I love it. So I was thinking, you know, why why couldn't labor put together a series of online you know, courses, classes, lectures, webinars, whatever you want to call it, that literally goes from soup to nuts and talks about, you know, unions, what they mean, labor history, um, you you know, and just start with whatever, start with labor history way back in the day and move it all the way through, you know, current times. Number one, that's that's one idea. And the second idea I had was... just giving out his ideas for free on the internet, so... Well, actually... And will never be a rich man. Yeah, well, that's for sure. I have an ex-wife. <laughs> um, but, you know, I have, well, as I'm saying, Deirdre Darnell, who is uh, our wonderful uh, MCL communications director. Shout out to Deirdre. Yep. Um, who's doing a great job. Uh, also com- communications director for the uh, Chicago, yeah, Chicago District Council of Labors. Deirdre, this is a uh, assignment for you is to, to make this happen. Saving um, yourself a phone call? Yeah. yeah Seeing see if she's listening. <laughs> but I wonder, I bet test. you can get a grant for this. But I, I was thinking, you know, so so labor history, right? You know, Bob said, and I remember, obviously, 150 forces you to take that class. Yeah. I mean, as as I said to Bob, um, you know, coming in and taking classes when you, when you join, we're not just trying to teach people how to be skilled equipment operators, good operating engineers. We want them to be good union members as well. And, and, and why can a local like 150 or the building trades, you know, why can they force that class? Uh, I mean, there's, uh, again, as we talked about before, and I've said many times, there's a lot of demand to get into uh, our apprenticeship program, because as we always talk about, the wages are great, the benefits are great. People want to do, and you you operate heavy equipment. It's a job that a lot of our members have a lot of fun doing. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, if if you want to, if you want this to be your career, um, you need to understand the history of this local, the history of the people who did this work before you, why you have the wages that you do, why you have the protections that you do. Um, so you have a little sense of ownership and some skin in the game to protect it and leave it better for the next generation, which is, you know, central to central to the labor movement. And, and, and I think thing, you know, something that other unions should start to do, but that being said, you know, the building trades have one advantage and that is they put people to work, right? And right. there's and a high, hiring de- halls. high demand to get into the building trades. So, you know, you're not going to say, oh, I'd love to join the operators and, you know, and, and make 50 bucks an hour, yeah. but I don't want to take that labor class. That's that's not happening. You're, yeah. ta- you're taking the class. Right. So, yeah. but unions that, you know, uh, for example, you know, grocery store workers or things of that nature, they're already there. You can't force them to take a class. So I was thinking that we would put these classes online and just make them available and, you know, teach people. Let's let's talk about, you know, these nascent unions that are independent unions. They, some of them have literally no idea what they're doing. Right. For sure. And wouldn't it be great if there was an actual place that they could go and go like, how do you bargain? You know, what's a permissive subject to bargaining? What's a mandatory subject to bargaining? Um, what's an information request? And I mean, perhaps even uh, a track for for folks who don't know anything about the labor movement. Absolutely. who just want to understand Again, labor 101. Yeah. What what Bob was in here talking about last week was why is this history important to understanding what's going on in the world today? And I think that it really, really is. 
Um, so I mean, then, it's just then, basics yeah. like that. And then make you know maybe you know like taking on the the kind of thrust today, which is thirty million people, like you said last week, would join a union if they could. Unions have a you know giant positive. Um, Whatever it is, what do you call that? Favorability rating. Favorability yeah, rating. People yeah, like unions, right? So maybe now's the, now's the now's the time to put this stuff and, and with social media and the advent of you know very quick you know TikTok and and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and things like that. That there's a place for everybody to learn, right? So people you know, need to learn because you know what what happens when people forget. Leading into one of the big topics of our show today. We go backwards. Yeah, we go backwards. Like the yeah. state of Iowa, which is about to, has already passed, and the governor is going to sign a law. So th- that passed? Yeah. I didn't know that. I think, yeah, I think it passed. Okay. I might be wrong on that. I'm, you know, whatever. whatever. Google it. Yeah. Anyway, this this law has broad support, and if it hasn't already passed, it's expected to pass. What law? Uh, it's a law that will allow um, children as young as age 14 to work in industrial settings. If you get a waiver, you could have children working in mines, construction sites, heavy industrial settings, factories, as young as age 14. And this is being done because these facilities can't find people to do the work. Which is nonsense, by the way. What happened to all these... uh you know, uh, undocumented workers taking our jobs and documented workers taking our jobs. Like, well, what, wanna, what, what happened to that? If you want to stop undocumented workers from taking jobs, you just have to uh, pull your kids out of school and put them in coal mines. <laughs> but, like, this is so backwards. And, and let me sort of give a little bit of history to, um, you know, you're familiar with if you're a kid in high school, like 15, 14 years old, and you yeah. want to drop out, you can't. Remember, right. there used to be truant officers. That's right. Um, you have to go to school until you're 16. Yeah. And the the history behind that is that um, in the South, you know, let's say within like maybe 100 years ago, there were children that were taking the jobs of uneducated, unskilled workers. And so they they couldn't provide for their families because children were doing their jobs. And so they pushed for a law that would require children to go to school until they were 16, clearing them out of the labor market so they could keep their jobs. <laughs> so, like, so it wasn't like to protect the children. It was to protect their own jobs not being done by kids. Yeah, it, it served two purposes. But a, a big part of the law, uh, the push for this law that was successful in the South yeah. uh, was driven by that. Um, and I and, know, obviously, unions were a large part in getting kids out of the coal mines and and out of you know working in these horrible conditions, right? Right. But the the you know the 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 reasons behind passage of child labor laws yeah. were different in the North than they were in the South. Yeah, that makes sense to and me. And what drove it in the South was uh, grown adults having to compete with children for unskilled jobs. So we're back to that in Iowa, I guess, huh? Right. But I, let me ask you this: Would you hire a fourteen-year-old electrician? to change wiring in your house would you feel comfortable with a 14 year old working in like a mine or like a poultry processing plant this is this is insane that this is actually happening and that it's being supported and it's starting to spread to other states in ohio they're talking about i don't i don't think it's the same exact law but they're talking about rolling back child labor protection and and all this under the guise of we can't get enough workers which is just by the way absolutely nonsense right. there's no there's no worker shortage there's a wage shortage yeah there's a shortage of workers that will do this kind of stuff for 
twelve dollars an hour. I guess, and I guess. So, what are they going to do? Like, hey, Timmy, uh, get into that uh, beef packing plant. I'd, I'd, I'd rather go to school. You know, it's like, <laughs> Timmy, we need the money. Uh, I thought you work in construction, Dad. Well, Timmy, I work in a right-to-work state, and I only make twelve bucks an hour. They could make like a remake of A Christmas Carol with uh, you know little tiny Tim walking around with a bum leg because he hurt himself, you know, chopping up turkeys in the turkey factory. Timmy, Timmy, kill that cow. <laughs> I don't want to kill a cow. Timmy, kill that goddamn cow. <laughs> yeah. like it's, 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 it's funny. It sounds so absurd. But the fact of the matter is, like you said, that states are literally trying to pass laws right now. And they're going to pass, by the way, right. that allow kids to go work in horrible industrial yeah. settings. Yeah. I mean, they're. I'm I'm I think I got my first job when I was maybe 15. I'm absolutely in favor of selling weed (laughs) i worked at a hardware store yep so and i'm fully supportive of young people getting jobs to you know if you want to go go to the movies like you can pay for that it's it's an important thing and i'll always value i've never you know gone without a job since i was 15 but uh I, i wouldn't have worked in a mine and if i wanted to work in a mine my parents would have you know, had the sense to say no, and the, to think that state leaders are are pushing this as though it's a good thing. You think the state? You, you think this? Their and this isn't the South. This isn't the '60s. This is happening in Iowa, which is right, right now, right next door. Yeah, horrible right to people state, in Iowa right? can hear this because WGN's antenna is well, so powerful. Let me let me uh, just say it is uh, very powerful antenna, and we're the number one show in the Midwest, so a lot of people listen to this. But like you know, hey Chuck Grassley, would you send your kid, your fourteen year, well, you're you're too old to have a fourteen year old. Yeah, I think but, he's about ninety. Yeah, okay, but let's you know, legislature le- legislators in Iowa or any place else thinking about this. How about this? You send your kid first. Right, yeah. you send your fourteen-year-old, fifteen-year-old into a meat packing plant, and by the way, I've toured one of those things. They are really, really yeah. rough. Those and are, I mean, really. Yeah, rough. those are not not pleasant jobs. Oh my god! And I was joking about killing the cow, but they're killing cows in there. Right, right. I mean, where do you think the cows go to die? I mean, I think we all understand that uh, that there, there, you know there's something that happens between the cow eating the grass and the cow getting to the, the dinner table. You ever see a wild cow? A wild cow? Yeah. I don't know if I'd say it was wild. It was standing out. I don't know if anybody had a leash on it. It might have been wild, but it wasn't acting very wild. I don't think there's such a thing as a wild cow. Well, they don't run around. You think of a wild thing like running around. Cows just don't do that. Okay. Well, maybe because Timmy's going to kill him. Ken learns something new every day. Every single day. (laughs) We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back. Uh, Stick with us for more Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. And sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. My name is Ken Edwards from the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting next to me is Ed Maher from the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. How's it going? What's happening, Ken? Well, we uh, a lively conversation um, in, in this uh, earlier segment, and turning to you know continuous dangerous yeah. jobs things that shouldn't happen in yeah. 2023 yeah and and i think it's not just in ohio but i think yesterday or a couple of days ago there was another train derailment near uh detroit um actually i didn't i didn't yeah, hear about yeah. that. there's been like four or five over the past few days the one of course that's gotten the most attention the one with poison gas that's created a toxic black cloud yeah. so there was a uh, a train derailment in 
East Palestine, Ohio. Yeah, some a vinyl product that's extremely toxic. I think they evacuated like 5,000 people and then blew up the train. Oh, I, they blew up the train? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it was a controlled uh, just controlled demolition or controlled disposal, they called it. And so so these chemicals are, are obviously you know, in the air, right? They're leaking probably into the ground and groundwater and they're right. killing fish. And, you know, is my understanding in reading some of the, the backstory on this is that not only were the the um, the train uh, workers fighting, you know, the rail workers fighting for, you know, increased wages and days off and things like that. Yeah. But they said that, that, that their, their jobs were dangerous in that there were understaffing right. and uh, right. you know, things were not being maintained and just those real just, workers are talking about it now saying you know it, it it's hard to say that this could have been prevented you know certainly if if the things that they had asked for but they were looking for additional uh staffing manpower on these trains right um and to think that you've got a locomotive filled with things that are this toxic yeah. extremely toxic and there's two people on the train, and the you know the workers want one more person. Of and course. in this case, it was Norfolk Southern Railroad is saying no, and they're profiting. I mean, all over the news lately, there's been talk of the insane profits of all these railroads, right? Uh, mostly because of the contract that they just had forced down their workers' throats. Um, but in this case, they're 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 shuttling toxic chemicals, uh, you know, unsafely. And uh, still making these enormous profits because they just don't have enough people out there trying to make sure that they can do this. And I, I just don't, I don't understand the rationale. And, and, and you know, maybe somebody out there can explain it to me. And that is, I think they want to make more money. That's all it is, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, you know, like, yeah, the do simplest, you really, do you really uh, not want to hire one other person? Because look, look, at some point, right? Th- this toxic spill is going to cost the railroad money. Now, right. now, graciously, they offered twenty five thousand dollars to the town. Which you know of, of, for the five thousand people that yeah, came, so came out five dollars five bucks a, a person yeah you know and of course they said you know that's a misnomer we we offered that money it wasn't to to offset families we're actually giving each family a thousand dollars okay so a thousand bucks to replace or bury their pet who died and maybe go you know help a little toward buying the next yeah time. or get an, that, the other lung that you're going to need right. now and you should chop off the third ear that you grew because of the toxic spill yeah they know? go back like you can drink the water everything's fine now <laughs> okay didn't they say that in flint too i think they did yeah drink the water well how about this you go first drink it just don't put it in your open flame <laughs> you can drink it as long as you don't, don't have a mouth full of fire don't swallow it yeah i mean it's just but once again you know these are these are dangerous jobs they're jobs that require a, an amazing amount of skill and ability it's not just like you show up get on the train and the train moves you know right. and and these kind of accidents in my humble opinion uh can and should be avoided well i think we, seeing that this can happen and has happened steps have to be taken to if you have to put more people on the trains yeah uh, then that has to be done right it doesn't you know shareholders be damned uh it doesn't really matter um you know whether this is going to impact a stock price or you know the value going to a ceo because any everybody lives near some railroad and if this is going on i think this is opening the eyes to um a lot of folks that 
you know, that train that you're sitting there waiting when you're on your way to work, yeah. you don't know what's in there. But it turns out it could be something that if that train goes off the rails, it could kill you. Imagine that, though. I mean, that, that, that this is being driven by stock price like who cares this is where unfortunately capitalism falls down right if the stock market which by the way is not an indicator of the economy the stock market is geared towards making rich people richer right the average you know the average working class person does not have a a 10 million dollar stock portfolio yeah i think the most recent numbers were that uh 50 of all american workers own zero stock imagine that right yeah so so if the, this that's what this is being driven by and you're not paying attention to safety or you're short shrifting or you're cutting corners or things like that and you know accidents happen because of it well shame on you and there needs to be the government you know needs to step in and find the crap out of these companies i mean or you lose your license to practice you know like if you're a lawyer and you commit malpractice and blah, 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 and you do this, that, and the other thing, you lose your license, right? Yeah. If you're a doctor, you can't practice, you know, if if you don't, you know, hit certain benchmarks and, you know, make sure that you're not killing people, right? right? Well, th- I think this is an interesting situation. You know, you raise a good point because if the government has the authority to step in with the railroad companies and say, hey, workers, here's your you contract. Don't, you don't want this contract, right. but you have to take it. Right. Then the government should, on the other side of the coin, be able to say, um, hey, you caused a reckless accident that endangered a lot of people. We want to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So uh, you're going to commit some money to a fund. You're going to change the way that you do this, this, and this. Um, so what do you think the odds are of that happening? I think that, number one, I think they're slim to none. Number yeah. two, that even even when they do this, and you've, you've seen, you know, first of all, there'll, there'll be a lawsuit, Right probably yeah. it'll take oh for sure it'll take 30 years i mean the the water the the waterways locally are poisoned there's thousands of dead fish right. people's pets are already dying so there's going to be a lot more fallout with with humans i mean who knows what what who knows the, what the effect is gonna yeah be, you right? have to and, wait some time yeah. to find out and, and, so there'll be a lawsuit it'll take forever and they'll pay pennies on the dollar right, right? because that's what these you know these class action lawsuits they, they don't really make a difference and they certainly don't make a difference to the bottom line of the company so in order to be effective, and, and, you know, we talked about this, you know, in terms of uh, labor parlance as well, where there's a slap on the wrist, and it's the same thing here, Ed, and that is, if you want to hit this company, right, for causing this accident or making sure that other companies think twice about short shrifting, um, then you really, really have to hit them. Like, you're out of business for the next five years. And by the way, free market somebody else is going to take that yeah you know that. well i mean nobody is more fierce competitors than the railroads against each other is that right yeah absolutely i mean the, throughout throughout american history uh railroads just try to gobble each other up like thomas They're, like thomas the train yeah i mean you know to let's take this down a couple levels for you like thomas the train just imagine if thomas wasn't smiling but he had a sad face because he was full of poison and he <laughs> fell off the tracks and exploded you know and then bob the builder who was only making 10 bucks an hour and you know got cancer. was 14 years old <laughs> bob the builder's son had yeah, to timmy go, the builder timmy the builder good one yeah <laughs> he had to go clean up the mess yeah well i like it these are the shows that our children uh you know his children will be watching one day unless we do something to stop it we really we, we really need to do something to stop it and and you know speaking of politicians that that might actually do something um 
you know, I just read something about Bernie Sanders, who, yeah. you know, love him or hate him. The, the guy's got it. His heart's in the right place. Yeah, right? he's not trying to get rich. He's uh, not trying to rip people off right? or do yeah. something to his own ends. Yeah, his, his heart's in the right place. Um, and so Bernie, he must have a new Senate assignment. I'm not sure exactly what it is because I only skimmed the article. I can't, I can't be reading everything, Ed. Um, You're a busy guy. I am. But he... Uh, Asked Howard Schultz, who is the CEO of Starbucks or yeah. former CEO. I think he's currently the CEO again. Yeah. I think he was back of whatever um, to come and testify before Congress. And you know what the thrust of the testimony was going to be? Let's hear it. Labor law violations. Oh, like you've been found to have violated labor laws. Tell us more about that. Like yeah. That? And why are you continuing to do it? I and like it. Why are you union busting? And you should be held accountable, not only, you know, with your posting of, you know, something behind the bathroom door, but maybe to the American public. And maybe a spotlight needs to be shined on union busting. And we're going to have some discussions yeah. about union busting in general. But he specifically, Bernie, asked Howard Schultz to come and testify before Congress, which Howard Schultz said, um, no, thank you. <laughs> I know, but there's there's got to be some some sort of additional ability because right now, if you violate labor law, you can have the NLRB, National Labor Relations Board, investigate you. It can take months or years to come to a resolution, Absolutely. and the penalty is you have to put up a piece of paper on a bulletin board that says, uh, "We violated the law, and we won't do it again." We're not even we're sorry. It says we won't do it again. But there's no reason for people to really care if you're a company and you can stop a union uh from forming save millions of dollars for the company in your eyes and all you have to do is you know get a slap on the wrist from the board that's a huge win so and i think i think people need to know that right and we've we've talked about again and you and i are familiar with this you know they call it s house posting by the way and that is literally you know you get slapped on the wrist and you post a notice that it says exactly what you just said you know we won't do it again we're sorry or not even we're sorry we just we just won't do it again and they post it on the the back of the you know the break room door or the right. bathroom door or someplace where people are not going to see it and by the way even if they do who cares the only people that see it are the actual workers themselves it's written by a government agency so nobody can you know very few people will understand what it actually means and what's that's happened. that's the penalty for breaking I know. labor law yeah. so you know you, you rob a bank you're going to jail right you rob you know, your workers you've got to you know Put, put a notice up on the board, right? Fire right. your workers illegally. Um, you're not going to jail. You're putting up a, a notice on the board. We used to joke, like, what do they do? Put you in labor board jail? I mean, yeah. I'm sure that the management thinks the same way. Right. Right. I mean, I, I think if, if what you're saying is is uh, what Bernie's after, um, you know, having a company who repeatedly violates labor law and say, hey, here you are under subpoena if necessary. Yeah. Uh, you you know starbucks violated its workers rights in these cases and we're here to sort of ask you questions about that but we're not asking you whether you did it we're saying you did it we're establishing that as a fact right and we want you to answer questions about it i think the public damage and the humiliation that would come to starbucks because of that would probably be a driver to have other companies maybe be a little bit more put some teeth into this which is what you and i have said for a long time on this show and for many years before but um, you know, yeah, labor law needs some teeth. Yeah. I right? mean, uh, people who violate their workers' rights have to be held accountable simply, and they have to be held, you know, accountable in a very meaningful way. And I think that it's not at this point, you know, you see Bernie trying to do it. Yeah. Um, you, you hear President Biden, you know, he gave some short shrift to it in his speech the other day. But at some point, 
the the masses, meaning consumers, workers, you know, families, they need to hold the uh, companies accountable. Yeah. And, and how do they do that? You know, economically, shopping places that are more friendly, going to Costco instead of Walmart, for example, right. going to the union shop instead of the non-union shop, buying American, et cetera, speaking with their wallets. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, just, just a thought. Um, we're, we're going to take a quick break and then, uh, we'll be right back to wrap it up right here on the workers, Mike 720 WGN. You're listening to the workers, Mike powered by the Midwest coalition of labor and sponsored by Megan financial premise health and Voya financial. Welcome back everyone to the workers, Mike right here on 720 WGN. We were just chatting about corporate, you know, irresponsibility, if you will. And, um, I just read in the news that Tesla is looking at an organizing drive. I think yeah. They, I think they've had one or two over the years, and of course, they've gone nowhere, and you know, I'm sure they union busted, et cetera. For sure. Um, but recently, some workers, I, I, don't, know, I don't know where they, it was. There, there, there were some pamphlets being handed out, I think. There was uh, clear indicators that workers were talking about forming a union at one right. of Tesla's factories in Buffalo. Yeah, and I think it was actually under the auspices of Workers United as well, which did Starbucks. Right. Yeah, so that's kind of neat, you know. Yeah, but uh, Tesla had a, a quick response to that uh, within a couple of days, I think. What was that? Uh, they, they they called for unscheduled performance reviews, and they fired like four times as many people as usual, but they laid off, um, you know, I, I think it was 30, 35 workers that were all sort of behind this in Buffalo, and they, within days, got brought in for performance reviews, rated as poor performers, and all fired. So, and then what's going to, and what's, once again, what's going to happen to Tesla right now? Nada. Yeah, probably nothing. Probably very little, but uh, they got a recall for their uh, self driving cars. Like yeah, I'm not ready. Thousand. I'm not ready for the self driving. I'm not ready for the self driving. That's worse either, than the uh, the GPT on Microsoft. If anybody has tried using Bing as their search engine with this new, you know, AI search function, don't do it. That thing is evil. Skynet evil, like Terminator. Yeah, like evil. I'm not a robot. I think we should have uh, the Chat GPT on next week as a guest. That is an absolutely fantastic idea. All right, well, do that. It's a done deal. Yeah, back, back to Tesla for a second. This, this self driving. I think there was you know three hundred thousand you know quote unquote recall, but they really needed an update, and they're saying that it you know just it wasn't working right, accidents, et cetera, et cetera. And my thinking is this: that if self if, if Tesla can make a, a car that drives itself, maybe they can make a car that builds itself. They don't need any workers whatsoever. Right. How about this? If all the workers sat home and said, oh, you know what? You make a car that drives itself. How about this? Build it yourself. Well, Elon Musk has talked about their uh, humanoid robot. It's a part of Tesla. It's a part of Tesla's business model. And that's sort of like the next phase in. Well, uh, let's get down to it. Start it now. Everybody <laughs> in Tesla walk out today and let Tesla make their own cars. See, yeah. how, see how good, you know, quickly that works. Terminator 2. It's, it's could be, it could actually happen. T2. Yeah. You know. T2023. <laughs> so let's talk about something local for a second. Um, that we've touched on in the past, and that is the um, workers, the concession workers at the United Center. Yes, the heroic concession workers who work for Levy. They're uh, members of Unite Here, Local One yep. here in Chicago. They're, um, they've authorized a strike. Um, they haven't struck yet. Right. They could at any time. The strike is authorized. I think 98% of their uh, members voted to authorize that strike. They had a big rally at the United Center 
earlier this week and uh you know there were hundreds and hundreds of people good um you know walking with signs and just kind of letting people that were showing up to the game know what was going on yeah and uh again i think as people become more aware that they're paying ten dollars for a beer uh and the person serving it to them is living in poverty yeah um it's it's embarrassing it it's it It absolutely is so it's it's disgusting like you know like look at the super bowl tickets where like you know i forget how much they were like something insane like the average person basically can't go to the super bowl for sure oh absolutely yeah um yeah so there's there's not really any word at this time about progress uh i think the sides of you know, I, I I can't really say what's uh, what's going on, but well, maybe we can have Unite here come on the radio and and talk about it next week if if they're around. Um, you know, we would welcome that. Yeah, I think so. I think you know, it'd, it'd be interesting to talk to somebody who's in, involved with all this. But of course, we're uh, hoping to see some progress on that for these. Yeah, workers. I hope it. Look, I hope it doesn't come down to it. Right, nobody wants to walk out on strike because when you walk out on strike, you know, you lose. You pay, pay. Yeah. Right. and you got You have to physically, you know, make up a decent amount of ground to make that money back. And you know, sometimes you don't, and sometimes it takes years. But sometimes you have to take a stand to do it. You know, at, at my son's school in Temple University, the graduate students are on strike. And you know what Temple did? They immediately stopped paying them, yeah. and they stopped uh, the health insurance, and they took away their tuition reimbursement. Immediately, oh, right? I, I, that's just uh, just talk about heavy-handed. Yeah, you know, this is a, a learning institution, higher learning, blah blah blah. Well, that's they, what they did immediately. So let's uh, we'll see if we can follow up with the uh, United Center story a little bit more next week, and maybe have a guest with us. Okay. Um, but that's about all the time that we've got for this week. Before we leave, I did want to give a shout out uh, to our listeners of the week, and that's we, we have that we do, and there's two of them. It's not just one; it's two. It's Sylvia and Renee Sellis. They are uh, loyal listeners to the show. They love the show. They love WGN. So we just wanted to say thanks for listening. That's nice. And, yeah, uh, thank, shout th- out to thank, you. Yeah, thank you. Um, and uh, and what about YouTube? Yeah. So if you are just tuning in or you missed a portion of the show, just remember that as soon as this show ends, as soon as you hear me finally stop talking, you can go to YouTube <laughs> and you can look up the workers mic, and there will be a video of this broadcast. You can listen to the whole thing, and we encourage you to do that. Uh, you can listen to back episodes as well. So workers mic, the workers mic uh, on you YouTube. You can also you. You can also hear it on WGN, correct? Right, and right? Spotify. So yeah, you can't not listen to it. Right. So listen to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is the number one show. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, hey, everybody. Yeah, it's been a good time this week. We appreciate it. Um, you've been listening to the Workers' Mic right here on seven twenty WGN. See you next week. The preceding episode of The Worker's Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.